Income ratios here in New Zealand and debt servicing restrictions. Now, what happened just before the break? Riddle me this. Not a rhetorical question, Andrew. Yeah, no, no. I was just looking through my notes to see if I could. What specifically? The Reserve Bank came oh, out discussion document. with a discussion document, a consultation paper, in order to consult on the potential of bringing in debt-to-income ratios or any other sort of regulation to slow down the property market, specifically this time looking at the income side of the mortgage equation and making sure people are able to afford the debt that they're taking on. Now, you'd be forgiven for thinking, but we've just had the triple CFA come in. Why are we getting more... And well, I think those two guys on the Property Academy podcast is pretty sure uh, have been saying it's pretty certain this won't come out, right? Oh, I don't think we would have said Pretty certain, I think. We didn't think there was a need for them, I think, at the time. The Economist said that anyway. Now, what's important to note, just before we start rattling through what this consultation paper says and what you need to know in it, of course, this has not been finalised, but it does give a very clear view of what the Reserve Bank are thinking right now. Now, let's just cut to the chase about which way are they leading, just reading into the language and the modelling. Hey, look, it's pretty clear that the Reserve Bank does want to introduce a debt-to-income ratio. It's probably going to come in between 12 to 15 months into the future. The reason it's going to take maybe a year, maybe 15 months to come in, is that first they've got to decide whether it's going to come in or not, and then it's going to take nine months for the banks to actually change their systems to be able to adapt for it. So it's going to take some time to be able to implement. Now, in the meantime, here's what they're thinking. They're considering bringing in a minimum test interest rate because that's going to be easier to implement straight away while they get ready to bring in some form of debt-to-income ratio. And just for any new listeners of the show who don't know about servicing test rates, this is the rate that the bank uses when assessing your mortgage application. So if you're applying for a mortgage today and you think that you might get one approved at 3.65%, for instance, they might test you on 6% or 6.5%. So the Reserve Bank are considering, well, maybe we'll put one in a bit higher than that to make getting lending a wee bit tougher. So basically what it looks like is likely to come in, debt to income ratio in 12 to 15 months in the future. In the meantime, some tougher minimum servicing test interest rate. Now, what levels are we expecting these to come in at, Andrew, just based on the modelling and the figures presented in the document? Sure. So the paper talks about debt to income, or run some modelling on debt to income ratios of between six and seven. But bear in mind that at the moment, BNZ are using 6% and ASB are using seven. So no change for those two banks on either option. You know, it could be even higher if, if they come in with seven at BNZ would be able to raise theirs immediately. For minimum test rates, they're talking of sort of seven or eight percent. And right now the average is about six percent or just over six percent. So our gut feeling from reading the document is it's probably seven times set to income ratio and seven percent test rate. Now that raises a whole heap of questions for you guys. The first of all is what is it going to mean for house prices, but what does it mean for investors and what are the exemptions as well? Let's kick it off with the expectation of how it could impact house prices. Now, what's important to note is that house prices or the growth in house prices is largely fueled by the growth in credit. So 
if the bank is willing to lend me a larger mortgage, I can go out and spend more money. Now, at the moment, the ability to do that is primarily constrained by equity. So the LVR restrictions. But of course, one of the flaws with the LVR restrictions from the Reserve Bank's perspective is that as your house price grows, then the LVRs become less and less effective over time. Mm. Now, under a debt-to-income ratio, the amount of credit in the economy, the amount of total mortgage lending is constrained by income growth. Now, income growth, have you been paying attention, Andrew, tends to grow at what percent per year? 4%. 3%. 2%. Did you look at your notes? Oh, no, I didn't. Is it in there? 4.12%. Oh, I was right the first time. Yeah, well, I thought that well, you Well, you keep looking at me, so I keep dropping my offer. Well, I, was, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that you weren't cheating and that that was actually well, your I answer. Wasn't, and I was right. Well, between 1998 and 2009, the median household income in New Zealand has grown by an average of 4.12% per year. Now, that probably gives you an indication of how quickly credit or total lending within the economy can grow. And therefore, I think it gives an indication of what house prices might grow at in the future when a debt-to-income ratio comes in, if that is, in fact, what the Reserve Bank goes forward and decides to implement. And I guess it depends how long it's in place, though, as well, right? It depends on that and also whether you've got credit coming in from the likes of if a whole bunch of rich Kiwis still move from overseas and come to New Zealand, that still introduces new capital and new spending power. So it doesn't mean that the maximum price that houses are going to increase in New Zealand is 4.12% and that's going to be the maximum long-term rate of capital growth, but it gives you an indication that it might be lower than what it historically has been. might be 7-8% like it used to be. Well, that's also one of the reasons why in all of our forecasting, even though house prices have increased at a 7 or 8% per year, in some instances higher, we've still always said go for 5% in your modelling to be on the conservative side. Mm. Now, there are some exemptions within this framework. What are they, Andrew? So they're the same as the LVR framework. So things like first-home loans, if you qualify for one of those, bridging loans, which is when you're buying and selling a property and so you just have a loan to tide you over, and new builds. So bear in mind, you still have to meet the bank's other criteria, i.e. the LVR restrictions and the personal piece of it as to your personal spending, the triple CFA, but there are exemptions in place when it comes to income ratios if you meet one of those three criteria. There's also likely to be speed limits like we have with the LVR restrictions. So, for example, 10% of owner-occupiers might be able to borrow above the debt-to-income ratio, and that's 5% for investors. Again, not locked in, but this is what the Reserve Bank is saying they favour at the moment. And just when Andrew's talking about first-home loans, we don't mean any mortgage or any home loan given to a first-home buyer. We're talking about the ones that are approved by Kainga Aura, which are called first-home loans. Now, You're probably wondering, well, what's going to happen to me as a property investor or to other property investors if these regulations came through, if debt-to-income ratios were introduced? Of course, it depends on what they call the calibration, whether they choose a six times or a seven times debt-to-income ratio. Now, of course, if they choose six, it is going to be much tougher for investors compared to if they introduced a seven. But they've done some modelling for us, and let's say a seven times DTI cap was introduced and that house prices stayed on the same track that they would be on if this regulation wasn't introduced. Well, about 20% of investors, 
about 20% of investors wouldn't be able to purchase existing properties that they would have purchased compared to in this new framework. So about 20% of investor purchases wouldn't be able to buy the existing properties they want. Very, very little impact on first-home buyers and other owner-occupiers though. Reason obviously is that a first-home buyer or an owner-occupier has relatively low debt because they only own one house, whereas an investor owns multiple houses, their their own home, and then also whatever their investment property happens to be. So the effect of that would be really targeted towards investors, very little impact on first-home buyers or other owner-occupiers, which is one of the main reasons why the Reserve Bank favours this type of regulation, because of course, if they were to bring in a minimum servicing test rate, their modelling suggests that would more tightly target first-home buyers and stop them from being able to purchase. Now, let me ask you this though, Andrew, what would happen if uh, da, 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 six times DTI came in? Well, again, we've got modelling around this. So about 25% of investors purchasing existing properties as an investment would no longer be able to invest. So another 5% there. And about 10% of first home buyers and owner occupiers wouldn't be able to buy. And this is why we think, in our opinion, it's more likely to go with a seven time debt income ratio because the finance minister has specifically said that you can have debt to income ratios, but they can't impact or they mustn't impact first home buyers. Absolutely. Now, of course, there were two specific pieces of regulation that they looked at, the debt-to-income ratio and the minimum servicing test rates. Now, you're probably wondering, well, how did they decide on that the debt-to-income ratio is their favoured tool? Well, it really comes down to the first-home buyers versus investors, because remember, what did the finance minister say? This is back when they were writing letters to each other, I think last year. It might have even been the year before. God... I'm getting, I'm getting old, Andrew. I think it was at the end of 2020 when the Reserve Bank Governor and the Finance Minister were writing letters. Dear Johns. That's right. And in that letter, the Finance Minister said, hey, look, we want the Reserve Bank now, and they put this into the legislation, to have regard to government policy. And government policy is to support sustainable house prices and to discourage investors purchasing existing properties in order to be able to help first home buyers. Now, if you look at the debt to income ratio, it's a bit easier on first home buyers because they don't take out a lot of debt compared to their incomes. But it is much tougher on investors because investors take out a lot of debt. Now, if you look at the minimum servicing test interest rates, now that arguably is the better measure of whether somebody can afford a mortgage or not. Realistically, the total amount of debt you have doesn't actually matter. It's whether you can afford it that's the real issue. Now, if they were to introduce that, it would be tougher on first home buyers and easier on investors. So it's the opposite to the debt to income ratio. And because of that, that's why they appear to favour the DTI as opposed to some sort of minimum test interest rate. Here's the thing. Here's the great con of this all, <laughs> if I can level with you. The great con of this, or the great farce of it, I should say, is that right throughout the document, they say, now the issue is that if interest rates rise, people aren't able to afford their mortgages, and that could have some externalities. And those externalities are people reduce their spending and it makes an economic downturn worse because people have to sell their properties. Perhaps they're doing it under distress and therefore they accept lower prices. And hey, it causes a spiralling motion that makes a economic downturn much worse than it otherwise would be. Now, the great con of it 
is that debt to income ratios are not actually a measure of affordability of the loans you're taking out. Minimum servicing test interest rates are. Yeah. So if you were really intellectually consistent with the whole document, you'd actually choose a bit of a test interest rate. But what's really clear is that they're trying to decrease demand for existing properties. So trying to stop investors purchasing existing properties so first home buyers can get in there and purchase. Now, I mean, if they came out and said it much more strongly, basically in those terms, I think we'd all have a lot more respect for it than hiding it behind this idea that it's all for interest rate protection. And then yeah. they've gone with the policy that actually doesn't do that. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, Andrew, that's my rant for the day, by the way. <laughs> what I want to come across and ask you now is how the Reserve Bank is choosing to calculate this because it's actually a bit different from what the BNZ and ASB are currently doing. Yeah, so at the moment, BNZ and ASB use the debt-to-income ratio for the mortgage components of their calculation, doesn't take into consideration other debts. What the Reserve Bank is suggesting is that it may include all of your debt, so credit cards, your car loans, higher purchases, any other, any of those things, that is a massive change. And that will mean that those consumer loans will have much more of an impact than they previously would have on your ability to get a mortgage. You're going to be seeing a lot of people cancel their credit card. Now, as we said, this is all just at consultation stage at the moment. I mean, it's pretty clear. You could read the document for yourself. If producer David reminds me, I'll pop it down in the show notes. But there is a consultation going on at the moment. So if you would like to provide feedback on the set of questions that the Reserve Bank has provided, then you are most welcome to do so. It closes at 5pm on the 28th of February, so the end of February. And all you have to do is download the document. Same process as the interest deductibility regulation, where they've got some set questions you respond to, fire it back. Now, what I would just suggest here, this is not what I would call a political process. It's not the Reserve Bank's going to see how many were in favour and how many were against to make the decision. They're going to make this based on technical analysis. And so that's, in my mind, what they're really inviting feedback on. So we'll probably have some feedback around how they go about defining debt for new builds, what happens to new builds after they are purchased one year from settlement. One of the big things around the LVR framework, which we've talked about just to get really nerdy for a moment, is that after an, a new build property becomes existing, the day after it settles, then sometimes that can affect an investor's ability to borrow for the next new build. We need to make sure that doesn't necessarily happen under this right. regime. So we'll be giving some very specific feedback. I mean, look, do I really think that my bro Adrian Orr is really going to listen to me when I tell him, hey, look, I don't like these debt to income ratios? Probably not, but maybe we'll have a go anyway. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to see what your next step is in property investment for 2022, then we actually have the right link available. I know that when we talked about nextstepsproperty.com, it wasn't working over the break and because we were on holiday, we didn't really notice. So what I've done is I've actually put it on the homepage of the Opus Partners website. So if you just go to opuspartners.co.nz, it'll be the first thing that pops up. You'll be able to check out that Next Steps video course. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.